question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair quest, quest, quest. Hello, this is Vic Cohen broadcasting live from Skid Row Studios in stunning, just gorgeous downtown Los Angeles, and it is beautiful. The name of the show is It's a Fair Question, because on this show, there is no such thing as a bad question. Anything and everything is open for discussion. And I have lots of questions for our guest tonight. Now, if you're a regular listener, which I'm sure you are, uh, and when I say regular, I don't mean uh, like you take Raisin Bran and you regularly use the bathroom. I mean, you regularly listen. Then, you know, I bring all kinds of people on this show, people who are... You know, a lot of times we have entertainment people because that's those are the people that I often work with and they're my close friends. But I also bring other friends on the show who just interest me and who I think are going to interest you. And one of those people is a guy who I've always admired. He is got uh, he's got an absolutely interesting. I say I'll go farther than that. I will use the word fascinating story. <laughs> and um I, I'm really looking forward to tonight. I can't wait, actually. And his name is Ann. <laughs> I love I love screwing up the name of the guest. It's always great. You build it up and then you totally ruin it. Andre Zitzer. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he just came out of prison. Hello. That's a nice voice. Actually, uh, <laughs> he has this fake British accent <laughs> that's gotten him very far in life, I'm sure. Yes. No, let's hear you speak for real. He laughs like a Brit, but if you were to hear him speak, it's quite, um, I like practical jokes, but there's no way you can go that whole, this whole hour, talk like that, just like, that, like no. a Neanderthal. I don't think I, hello. Yeah, it doesn't just really work. That. It doesn't work. Now, the reason you're here is not only because I find you interesting uh, and, and it's a great opportunity to spend an hour with you, but your story is interesting because of what you do partially and what where you've I come from. Is this like, what's that TV show where you guess, where the wife guests, guesses what the husband, no, the, the, the dating game. This is not the dating game. This is not. I am taken. <laughs> <laughs> and so is Jeremy. He's got a lady that usually works here. She's not here today. Did you guys break up, Jeremy? No. We're Jer good. Jeremy, I got an email from a lady and I couldn't remember. Is that your girlfriend? Yeah. Oh, so now she's working on the payroll. You got her on the payroll. <laughs> You know how it works. Jeremy. I told you eventually she's going to be running this place, owning it. That's unbelievable. Okay, well, that's another that's another show. Andre is um, you are. How would you describe your profession? What you do? Because there's so many different um, hyphenates. Like well, you know. Uh, what, what, okay, what I do is um, I'm I'm an acupuncturist. Is my license and um, and uh, I actually um, I include other things. I've been uh, practicing for about fourteen years. And um, I've been practicing yoga and teaching yoga for about ooh, actually it's twenty years since I started taking yoga. And if you're if you're just if you're not seeing the show because we also broadcast it, broadcast this uh, by video, he is actually in the downward dog position as we see, <laughs> and, and it's very the way you keep your composure is amazing. It's you know it's 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 practice. Yeah, you know I can I can not sweat or sweat <laughs> and um, speak with that fake British accent. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So now uh, you are a trained yoga instructor. I am a trained yoga instructor. I've, I've been practicing Kundalini yoga for twenty years. That sounds dirty. 
it is, it's completely dirty. <laughs> the way you do it. <laughs> yeah, if it's done properly, it's very dirty. I think I've been practicing that yoga since I was a sophomore in high school. <laughs> Actually, I didn't know it was called yoga, but I knew the Kundalini part. Okay, so so you um, that means you 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 have that expertise. That but does it work in your practice of what you do as professionally? Yes. Well, what you do is, and also I, I, the other thing that I do. Um, actually a lot of is a thing called somatic experiencing, which is a way of, uh, it was developed by a, a, a man called Peter Levine, who wrote a very interesting book on it called Waking the Tiger. And um, he spent many years uh, studying animals in the wild and noticed that they're all about fight or flight and running away or being... That's, if you couldn't understand what he said, that was fight or flight. Fight or fight, <laughs> flight or flight. Yes, okay. Um, so basically it's a, it's a way of discharging trauma from the body. And, and I work with... Uh, um, veterans, uh, um, women who've been attacked, people who've in car crashes, plane crashes. And, and what happens is the, the trauma gets, is no longer in the event, it gets stored in the nervous system. And uh, people kind of step outside their own bodies, they're not fully present, and, and it can result in all kinds of pathology. And it's a technique, it's a very gentle technique. One question, I, I want to hear about the technique. When you said it shows up in different pathology, that's very technical sounding to people who don't know what that means. What does that mean? People Path become depressed, neurotic, there's pathology, meaning there are psychological symptoms that show up that can disrupt someone's life? Yes, they're both okay. psychological and physical okay. symptoms. So, so um, uh, people can manifest with all kinds of ailments, you know, pain. Um, um, fibromyalgia is one of those things that, that can happen. A lot of autoimmune diseases can, can appear because of uh, long-term stress, long-term anxiety. Okay. Um, and it's a way of actually discharging this energy that gets stuck in the body. What is? This technique. This somatic, technique, yeah. is this, it's a therapy. It's a therapy. It's a form of therapy. There's, there are different versions of doing it, different ways. The person who, who, whatever it is you bring to it is your way of doing it. You know, when, you, when you say what you bring to it, are you talking about you, the doctor, or yeah. are you talking about me, the patient, or both? Well, no, it's what I, what I bring to it. So the story that you come with, the story that you bring to me mm -hmm. yes. um, is, is uh, what I work with. And, and it's not just the story, it's how you tell the story. So what I'll do is I'll listen to the voice someone, someone has as they're, as they're telling a story. Does it go up? Does it, does it change? Does the color of their skin change as they tell the story? Does uh, the pitch of their voice, do their eyes dilate? Uh, I listen to all these things and, and you know, you, in, in any conversation, these are signals you can tell when something's going on mm -hmm. and I'm just trained to listen to it more, to you know, have a sharper ear for it. Um, so for example, like now, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous and I, I'm aware that I'm you're speaking quite fast and uh, um, so I've got to catch my breath. And the idea is, the idea of this is just to be present and notice really be present and notice what's going on. Now, when you say the idea is to be present, you mean me as the patient through working with you, I will develop a certain amount of attention to my own symptoms that I can acknowledge and then treat in the moment? You, you say that really well, yes. Okay. Um, what, what, what happens is that you, we start building a language of, a, of sensation. So I'll help somebody get present um, um, just to notice. So the trauma, the trauma is no longer in the event that happened. And if somebody's unable to discharge this, this, this energy, um, what happens is that the, the, uh, uh, the fight or flight, the, the ego takes over. Basically, I'm kind of being quite basic about it. That's the, good. The ego, takes, <laughs> the ego takes over and says, okay, I'm in charge now because you weren't able to take care of yourself. So whenever it comes to relaxing or sitting down or meditating even, um, it's very difficult for a person with a lot of trauma because... Uh, um, the ego steps in and says, okay, you can't sit down and meditate because something might happen. 
So it's always on guard. It's always ready for something to happen. Now, in broad strokes, you got a guy or lady comes from war, comes been in the battlefield, wakes up with you know, terror, dreams, sweating, loud noises startle them. Those are very obvious symptoms. Now, my assumption is that as a human being, every single person on the planet has had trauma. Is my assumption right? Um, people might have had trauma, but they, we don't all react in the same way. We don't all hold it the same way. Some people are able to discharge it, or some people are able to, you are able to, if you have resources, if you have ways of, of, of uh, calming your nervous like system. Like what, down. exercise? It can be exercise, it can be going for a run, it can, um, that is exercise. Um, it can be exercise, it can be, uh, um, so the experience you have, uh, um, your ability to deal with trauma, everyone's ability to deal with stress and trauma is going to be different. Mm -hmm. uh, um, there, and there are different kinds of trauma. There's developmental trauma and there's shock trauma. Developmental meaning when you one were growing up as a child? Yes. Okay, shock trauma would be the kind of thing like a car accident, yes. that kind of thing. Exactly. Okay. Um, and there are different ways of, of dealing with them, but, but fundamentally they're the same. What you want to do is create a safe space so the nervous system, so the person can actually feel sp safe where they are, that they can uh, um, feel safe in the room they're in, they can feel safe with me, um, and by doing this, you know, I, what I'll do is I'll ask someone, uh, an example is, 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 there were two women actually I worked with at uh, different times and, and, and the only safe place in the world for both of them was actually in their car with the doors locked. That's it. It's the only place they could, they could uh, um, feel safe. And with, with one of them, what I did was I actually went down to her car and I didn't get in it, but I got her to go in it and actually really uh, explore the car, explore the, the holding the steering wheel, um, listening to the music, the stations that she likes, listening to the sound of the door locking, feeling her back against the chair being supported. This is this is an exercise you did with her? Yes. Okay. So that she could start actually uh, um, building a language of sensation so she became aware of her body in the car feeling safe. Mm -hmm. And once she has that, then we can actually start working with the trauma. So I'll do it in a very gentle way. And this is, this is one, of the reasons, one of the things that I, I, I'll bring in acupuncture, I'll bring in yoga, I'll bring in different techniques that I've learned if it's appropriate for the person. As part of the somatic experience? Yes. Okay. Um, so somatic experiencing is really you're experiencing the inner sensations of your body. Mm -hmm. um, and the, it's, it has a kind of as a language of its own. Um, you, you know, you'll see sometimes with people with a tick, you'll see sometimes, you know, they can turn to the right, fine, but, you know, when they turn to the left, the shoulders tense up. And well, here's, here's one for me. I've noticed uh, that I've been getting like a twitch in my left eye. And I don't know where it's coming from. Now, could that just be a twitch? It doesn't mean I need to sit with you and go over the somatic experience stuff? Yes, it could just be a twitch. Right. But, it, but how does one know? Before you answer that, let's finish with the car. What, where does that go from you? She becomes, the patient becomes familiar with the sensations in the car of feeling safe. So it's, she's feeling safe. So, the, so really I want to get... So what happens in trauma is when you get dissociated from your body, oftentimes you'll get dissociated. So being in your body isn't safe. What I'm trying to do with people is have them re-experience their body so they feel safe in their body. They feel more congruent. Uh, what starts happening is you'll be able to uh, um, build a capacity to tolerate experience um, um, and bigger experiences than before. And then the trauma itself, eventually the trauma itself becomes the story, part of your story that brought you to this place. And you have a just a much wider experience. 
your uh, uh, if you're living in a fight fight or flight, there's actually an older response called the freeze response, which is even older than fight or flight. Uh, when we were little amoebas just floating around the ocean, uh, we'd respond really to light. And so when light came on, we'd live in darkness, and all of a sudden the light comes on and you just freeze. You don't move. Now this is sounding a bit complicated at this point. Ah, okay. I, I mean, think I get a, sitting in the car. Think of a lizard. Being a when light. You, when you see a lizard. Amoeba, whatever, yeah. When you see a lizard, just and it just sees you and it stops. Right. That's a freeze response. Okay. When you play, uh, possums, they have the, you know, the playing possum is a freeze response. Okay. And the idea of it is that if something's going to attack you and you freeze, in, in the animal kingdom, if someone's down and not moving, they're not going to jump on them and beat them up. They just go, okay, they're down, so I don't have to jump on it and kill it. It's already down. Oftentimes, animals will uh, um, sniff it. They might punch it, uh, not punch it, they'll poke it to see if it moves. And if it doesn't move, they might think, well, there's something wrong with it. Okay. Because part of the, the chase is part of the... So how does that relate to what we're talking about when it comes to your experience with a patient? Um, so the, the patient is, will often go into a freeze response. Um, they'll freeze, something bad happens, they're unable to run away from it, they're unable to fight it. There are some, some I mean, tragic examples of, of, of in uh, uh, the tsunami that happened in Indonesia uh, um, in 2005, I think it was. Um, there, there are some um, terrible photographs, but I mean, they, they illustrate the point of this, of people just standing there staring at this huge wave coming at them, unable to move. Um, and there are people above, you know, yelling at them, run, run, run. And they're just unable to move because this thing is so big, it's so out of their paradigm of experience. They don't know how to react to it. Mm. They can't fight it. And it's so big, they can't run away. It's, it's almost um, um, hypnotic. So somatic, uh, th this uh, type of uh, therapy, mm -hmm. it would treat someone who finds they're freezing up in life under different circumstances? Yes. What about like financial insecurity? Someone feels they're in debt and they, instead of looking for work and being in, in motivated, they freeze up and stop looking. So, uh, is that is that a, another example, or a woman who's been or a man in love? You know, they freeze. They stop dating after a bad experience. That's a really good question. But uh, what's underneath that is going to be something else. I mean, this is layers and layers deep, and the the, the financial insecurity might absolutely come out of uh, um, a feeling of stuckness in life. And you know, you could trace it back to you know what happened, what brought you. What, if there's energy around it, so so um, that's a tough example to to. It's not really a traumatic okay. experience, that, right. un, un, unless it is a traumatic experience, unless somebody has such great anxiety uh, or stress around finances. So it sounds like to me, part of your job and what you do with your patient is you're a bit of a detective. Yes. Because oftentimes someone will be traumatized in their, in their life in a way that they didn't even possibly know. Doesn't, we all know about, of course... If there's a car accident or a plane crash, we know that's obvious. But it sounds like you also, you have to do a little digging sometimes. And there, was a, there was a man I treated. Uh, um, um, he was a... A, a what? I'm sorry? A man, a, a vet from Vietnam. Okay. And a really lovely man. And um, he would tell me he had the worst job I'd ever heard of in Vietnam. And um, um, he, his job, I don't know if I can... His job was to... Um, um, pack the bodies mm. of servicemen who died and that was his job he did two tours two nine month tours of doing that and the way he told me when he told me he was just had such a flat affect about it there was just no energy around it he's told it so many times that there's, there was no point in me talking about it because there was nothing there um, but the way that I 
was able to connect to him or to get under that was he started telling me about his family and that he has a light on at home, that, he's a, that he has a house at uh, his home, and there's one room in his home where he always keeps the light on. And uh, um, I kind of clicked that and I let it go a little bit. And then uh, I came back to him and I said, why do you always leave the light on in that, in that room? And he just stopped talking and stared at me and he started crying. And what had happened to him was his, um, his, uh, one of his daughters had been killed. And he left the light on in case she ever came home. So she'd always have a light on at home. It kind of brings it up for me when I, when I, when I, when I think about that. Um, and as he was started to talk about it, he started to just feel what was going on in his body for the first time. And in the energy, the trauma doesn't think the adrenaline, I'm kind of really making it quite basic here, the adrenaline, there's an adrenaline rush. You know when people, uh, you hear stories of, of women being able to lift these, you know, 3,000 yes. cars, it's adrenaline. You know, they don't think, oh, I've got to lift the car up. They just go and do it. And it's this huge adrenaline rush. What, <clears throat> what happens is if you're not able to discharge that adrenaline, completely uh, get rid of it, it's going to get stuck in the body. <clears throat> so this is, comes back to the animals. So when animals Wait, are running... Hold on one sec before... I just want to put a little bow around that last story. So I understand it completely. The Vietnam veteran yeah. talks very flatly about packing... Uh, these soldiers who've passed away in combat. Right. An obviously traumatic experience. Yeah. Talks about it without emotion. Yeah. Then talks about how he leaves a light on. You remember that. Now, is that in any, how does that connect? How does the light on with the daughter connect with the Vietnam vet stuff? With the corpses or do they not? They do. He's, he, the way it connects is that it's him. This is all part of his... He had a lot more going on okay. than this. Uh, um, um, really to illustrate the point, he had... Uh, it was a way into his emotion, into him feeling what was going okay. on in his body. So that's how he was able to tap into feelings was through the story with the light. Yes. And as we're doing that, I don't... I never want someone to re-experience their own trauma. So I'll stop him right there. And as he's crying, I'll just have him... There, there were some elements of safety that he had, I won't go into now, where he felt resourced and safe. So he'd pendulate backwards and forwards what starts happening is he starts sighing. He starts being able to just let go. Um, and then and eventually that taps into the Vietnam experience? Yeah, and he's able to actually then start talking about it with a bit more affect. Okay. And just, a bit, just bit by bit. It's a very titrated, gentle way of doing it. I'll give you another example. There's a gentleman I worked with who had a car crash. And he, had, um, he was unable to talk about the crash, and he wouldn't talk about it with me. Uh, but what he did was we were talking away and he, he was talking about people. And he brought his arms up and he, he did this big movement. He was quite angry. And he did this big movement, pushing away. And he went, I wish people would just go away. And he did this big push, oh, go away. And so I got him to slow that down and, just, and, and, and connect to his breathing. And he would go, go away, go away. And he would push every time. And, and uh, uh, what started happening is, first of all, he thought I was a bit crazy asking him to do this. But what started happening is the energy in his body actually started, he started just staring at his hands. And his hands started moving across his body as if he was being, as, as if you're about to be hit by something in front of you. And he had, his head then came forward and rested in his arms and he just started crying for about 45 minutes. And after that, in complete release, deep, deep tears, and after that, he was then able to say what had actually happened, the crash that had happened, that he had been hit head-on by something, and he'd, his arms had this involuntary, you know, 
a sympathetic response to to defend himself. Uh, um, his arms come up, and then the airbag hit him. So he was unable to complete that trauma response. So this, his shoulders, when he came into me, his shoulders were already tight. He couldn't, his hands were already in front of him and his shoulders were tight. He had all these other symptoms, cars, couldn't talk about what happened. And after this one session, all of this, he was able to talk about it, his shoulders released. Um, um, he was able to, he reported later that uh, nightmares stopped, um, his insomnia, uh, uh, he was able to sleep. Um, um, and that was, yeah, that was one session. It was quite fantastic. Now, I noticed that you seem to get choked up talking about this. And you did a bit, uh, you know, your eyes got a little teary. It looked to me. What's the emotion about? Um, yes, I mean, it, it, these, are, these are real people. An important thing for me is it's, it's uh, these are real people. These are real stories. Um, my spirit, the sort of the spiritual practice I have is that I see well, the emotion is my empathy. You know, that these are real people and the, 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 a lot of the stories I hear are really sad stories, really painful stories. Um, if I, if I, I can get compassion fatigue, it's quite easy, you know, to just hear too many stories. And there was a story I heard recently, which was just, I was just like, okay, I've, I've had enough stories. But what was, what, was, what was really helpful was the spiritual aspect, the yoga side of it. And, and a friend of mine actually reflected back and said, look, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And part of our experience is to experience life. And what we want to do, and, and, and our stories become a starting point for us to not just experience life, but, but become more congruent and be able to share the joy, be able to share the experience. Um, so when I see people as whole, I, I look at people as, I, nowadays I try and look at people as completely whole and perfect and talk to them and listen to them from that perspective. And the story is a story, and I have an empathy for their story, but I don't buy into it. Um, it, it doesn't, I don't, I won't, you know, I won't treat them as a victim. I won't talk to them as a victim. Um, I talk to them as whole people. But there's an element for me where they're people and I have empathy for them. So the, the, the hairiness in your eyes is because you can feel their pain. I can't feel their pain. I can feel my pain in relation to them. Right. That's you know, well put. Yeah. They're, they're uh, you know, I mean, in Buddhism, they talk about it beautifully, that, that, you know, that human nature is suffering. And then, and then there's a way out of suffering. Um, which is? Which is to feel through feeling. Uh, a, a lot of what's going on now is, is which is beautiful, the sort of the, the age of Aquarius, the sort of the free love that started in the 60s, the, you know, the idea of it was about people no longer looking for other people to, te to guide them out, but really to be able to, 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 to find it within ourselves, within community. Um, um, the unfortunate thing, I was having a discussion with a friend of mine uh, uh, today about uh, um, a mediated experience, so mediated connections, so with family, with connection. With, with mediated with, meaning what? Uh, like, a, like a biological connection? No, mean, a mediated experience mediated. would be, say, through uh, Facebook. Facebook, okay. Twitter, that you get to hear about all your friends through the radio. You get to hear about how they're doing in a short, brief sentence on a... On a uh, it's an impersonal. It's impersonal. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to have rules around it because, you know, on Twitter, well, do you mean this? Do you mean that? What do you mean, actually mean? So, so you, you, and it, it's, um, I worked with some, some um, 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 kids with Asperger's and they have a lot of social difficulty. And, and uh, this one kid had a uh, 
He was a good guy. And he came in one day and, and I said, uh, he was always stuck in his computer. And I said, how was your weekend? And he said, oh, it was great. I had some friends over. And I was like, oh, fantastic. And I said, how many friends? He's like, oh, there were five, five of us. I said, oh, they came over, fantastic. You just hung out, played games. What happened? He goes, oh, no, no, they all brought their computers over. And I went, oh, okay, so you hung out in the living room and all played games. He goes, no, 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 no. We all went into separate rooms with our computers. And I said, what did you do? And he said, well, we all played games. I said, separately? He goes, no, we all played games together, but in the separate rooms. And, and it's, it's a different generation. Um, it's, a, uh, it's a way of connecting, but not connecting. Um, and there's a sadness in that. I mean, it's, it's modern technology. It's not going to go anywhere. But how do we overcome that? How can we use this and at the same time connect to people? What's really important is connection. Um, there's a, a fantastic man named Gabor Mate. How do you spell that name? G-A-B-O-R, uh, and his last name is Mate, M-A-T-E. He wrote a book called uh, The Realm of the Hungry Ghosts, which is a reference to, to sort of a, a Buddhist uh, uh, um, way of explaining life. And um, he is a doctor up in uh, uh, Vancouver. And excuse me for, for I'm probably going to completely miss paraphrase him and miss talk about him but he's a he's and he a, listens by the way he does yeah, he calls in all the time <laughs> um he started a, a place up in uh, vancouver which is a, a drug and treatment re rehab center and it was actually government funded and what he would do is he was giving out free needles and free heroin and a bed to slay and he would uh, he would so these are for addicts and um they were treating them and what started happening is the uh um people started getting well. So rather than getting dirty needles and dirty heroin, he was giving out clean things so that people could, so, so that they wouldn't die from the using because they were going to use anyway. Okay. And he would give people a bed. And he tells this fantastic story about this one man who was living there for a while. And uh, they had a talent show. And everyone came up and did their talent, did their, 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 you know, did their talent thing. And this one man came up and he said, you know, I don't have a talent. But what I want to do is I want to say that I'm 60 years old and this is the first time in my life that I've ever had my own bedroom. And I just want to say that my mom and my, my dad would be really proud of me. And a lot of the people there just start getting well from being nurtured, from connection, from knowing that they're not alone, they're not powerless, um, to let uh, uh, whatever we can do to, to connect to help people with stress and to allow people to feel a sense of self-power, to, to feel powerful in some way, is going to be a profound healing. So just because I want to tie this in with our whole kind of, uh, I want to weave this together. Have a bit. I been meandering? No, but <laughs> I, want to, I want to make sure I understand all the connections. Okay. We started with somatic experience. Right. And um, about experiencing our... I, I'm going to kind of butcher the idea here a bit, but the, the what I got out of it is tapping into uh, the ability to recognize, uh, you you have the ability as the doctor to, to, to with your patient to recognize certain symptoms, uh, physical and, and, and signs that the, you're tapping into finally the person be able to feel certain things. Yeah. And when we are talking about um, the boys, with the boy with Asperger and the five kids and his friends in separate rooms... And this um, this last story. I mean, the the idea is that um, through your work, you are able to help people um, 
what I'm trying to connect it. Am I missing something or is there a bigger picture that I'm not hitting? That's a, that's a really good question. Because um, it's, I don't, yeah, I want to hear how that connects if it does. And healing. if it doesn't, that's okay. It's okay. all, to me, it's all about healing. Um, I can, I can put needles in someone and get rid of pain. I can help them with, uh, um, help their moods. Uh, um, and doctors can do lots of different things. There are a lot of wonderful practitioners doing amazing things. To me, I, you know, I think I make up, we've all been around people who are so calm that when we're around them, we just feel good or they, they, they just, they just exude life. And we enjoy being around them because when we're around them, we just calm down and feel good. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some people who have, who, have, who have that naturally in spades. And, but you can also work at it. So if you meditate a lot or if you, if you really work at being of service and helping other people, you can do this. And you can do this sort of, to, to, there are different ways of doing it. You can do it in big groups. So in other words, you don't have to be a doctor like you. I'm actually not a doctor. You but, are, in, aren't you a doctor of... Uh, oriental medicine. Okay. Okay. But not an MD. Not an MD. But when it comes to the acupuncture, you have a degree of that would... Isn't that called a doctor in that world? I'm actually working on my doctorate. Okay. But no, I'm a licensed acupuncturist. Okay. Well, I'm just looking ahead a little, that's all. Okay, thank you. Yeah. You're singing into the future. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, so it, it, you, what you were saying, to, to bring it back, yeah, yeah. healing, healing takes many forms. Okay. Um, to me, what's the fundamental? How, how do you get to the core of healing? And it's connecting to people. It's having people uh, uh, feel good about themselves so they start making good choices for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there are many stories. There's, 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 um, a lot of people nowadays want to be taken care of. They want to keep doing the same thing they've always been doing and yet not have any consequences. And what I'm asking you to do is to take the consequences into account and to start changing your life so that, and what, is, what starts happening is if you're taking care of yourself, if you're making choices, you know, if you, if you have a juice a day, if you try and eat some greens, um, um, you exercise a bit more, um, and you do these things to, take, to, to, to try and, you know, make a conscious choice, uh, there'll be fewer doctor's visits. They'll be saving money in the long run. Um, because it's a holistic, this is what we're talking like, holistic approach, correct? It's a holistic approach. I want to take, I want to take a little pause here for one moment. If you'd like to um, give us a call, the number is 800-893-9562. It's 800-893-9562. Regarding the somatic experience that we were talking about, that type of therapeutic experience, uh, I wanted to get some kind of just technical information because I'm just curious, how many sessions in general does a patient need a range for them to kind of resolve what, what's been going on with them? Also, how long are the sessions? And are they conducted kind of similarly to therapy? It's a thought, it's a, okay. Um, I'll answer number one first. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the it, how long does it take? The sessions are an hour long. Okay. Um, I've gotten results with people after one session. And uh, this, uh, uh, a gentleman I'm working with after two years, we're still working together. Um, I, hopefully it doesn't say much. It doesn't put, say that. Is you know. he the guy under the desk? Followed, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that crawled in here? Yeah. He's not quite doing very well. But I guess we should have seen him before, right? It's, it's really what um, you can't... A few, most things take a few sessions. It can be several sessions. It depends on how deep the trauma is, um, how uh, um, safe the person can feel. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was a, there was a man I, I, I would 
I can tell you stories. Basically, it can take, you know, a few sessions will, will do you a world of good. Um, um, and, you know, if, 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 if somebody, there was a woman actually I met today who uh, had been abused by men. And um, she asked me the question, you know, is it a, an issue? And I said, well, you know, it's obviously an issue for her because she brought it up to me. So I referred her to someone else. I referred her to a, a female colleague um, um, who she'd obviously feel much safer with. And the idea for me is always safety. Uh, um, you can see results pretty quickly. Let me ask you this. Um, well, let's first turn to Jeremy. Um, Jeremy, do you have um, any, did you have any trauma or something that you think like uh, you might need some help working through? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like what? Can you give us a few ideas? The whole New York, New York City experience I went through in this, uh, what, it's a year ago now. What happened? Well, you know, going out there with a girl that, uh, that I thought uh, we were in love and she told me we were in love and spending an unbelievable amount of money to move us to New York City and and uh, going through that whole experience and just having it not work out and, and having it, in fact, you know, uh, crumble down. Pretty yeah, much. but I, I see you've got a girlfriend, as we talked about earlier. She owns the place now. Yeah, well, I mean, um, that's true. I you mean, seem like you've kind of gotten over it. Well, I, I've gotten over her, but the experience, uh, the, the pain that was caused during that experience is still something that uh, kind of lingers. Okay, now, Andre, to me being the non-professional here in your field, I see Jeremy as a guy who was heartbroken and it was traumatic in the sense that a relationship ended. But he seems to be functioning well. He's got a new girlfriend. I've met her. She's very sweet. Uh, nice, nice person as far as I could tell. Is he really someone that could use your help? I mean, it seems very light what he, I mean. So, I, I mean, I don't know if you can use my help. What I would say is, what I, what I did here is I, as you're telling me the story, there's a heaviness that I hear. Yeah, there's a, absolutely. You, the, 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 um, he was, he was, he was uh, speaking in a heavy, his chest felt heavy. Is okay, that you, you were? So when I, I, when I hear you say that, well, it's, it's your chest might have felt heavy in relation to what was going on with him. Did you not see it? I felt it. <laughs> but you felt I, it too. And, what and I, I, what I saw was a closing up. You were kind of closing up there. So yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll agree with you there. Okay. But you were kind of closing up a bit. And, and, and to comment on what you're saying, Vic, is yeah, I do have a new girlfriend. She's great. But um, I think that the thing that, that I'm experiencing is that some of the residuals from that experience that I went through um, is carrying over into this relationship. And I don't want that to happen. So that's something that I think I, I do need help with is is how do I learn from that experience or how do I prevent that experience from affecting future relationships? Andre? So what's, as you have that, as you have that awareness of what's going on with you, the, the, the story, what do you notice going on in your body right now? I definitely feel more tense. Um, you know, mem memories of that experience are coming up and making me feel uneasy. And, and uh, you know, there's, there's a spectrum of, of, of feeling from anger to, you know, uh, disappointment and, and some sorrow that, that comes up when I, when I relive uh, those moments in my mind. And, and reliving the moments in your mind, the sensations of anger, how do you experience that in your body right now? 
just a, a tightness. I can feel it in my stomach. And, and tightness in, my, in your stomach? Yeah. What else? Um, shortness of breath a bit in a, in an odd way. I, I feel, I just feel an overall kind of, things are tightening up within me as, a, as I think about those things. So as you stay with that, and so rather than notice the thoughts, because we'll have thoughts and also we can have sensations. And what I'm going to ask you to do is to notice the sensations that are going on. So just notice your breathing right now. Right. Okay. And if you just stay with the breath. Tell me what you notice. It might be dead air space, <laughs> but tell me what you notice as you just stay with your breath. Well, um, I am I I I feel that physical reaction to the anxiety, you know, and and try. I I become conscious of my breath. Um, when when you ask me to to think about it or to stay with my breath, I, I become conscious of how I'm breathing, and I, I can recognize that it is not a, a normal breathing pattern. Okay, so just stay with it. Okay, and then and then just stay with the breath. And I'm actually going to talk. To, I'm going to let you just stay with that. Okay. And if you notice, think, the one thing I can guarantee about f sensations is that they'll change. They might get worse. They might get better. But they'll change. Um, there's a difference between being with emotions because you can say, oh, I feel really angry and you can kind of have that label of something and it'll kind of just stay there and we kind of have an idea what angry feels like, the emotion of anger. But if we explore what the sensations of feeling angry feel like, they'll change. Do you mean by recognize them, that kind of pulls the cover off it and it yeah. will start to change? Yeah, you're literally, you know knocking on the door, you're literally just putting your finger on this and call, I call it calling it. You're just noticing the sensations. And as you notice them, they'll get, they'll get a bit louder. And we start, I want, I want to help people. Some people have a very difficult time connecting to their body and being able to identify things. So I help them. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I'll give them a sheet, you know, what sensations are and, and, and how to experience them. And I give them words to use. And, and again, it's about building a vocabulary of sensations. So you just notice what's going on. And as this is going on, I just notice my breath. I kind of have a, a deep sigh and I just feel a bit calmer again, actually. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And so I want to just come back and see how you're doing. Well, I, I, I hear what you're saying and, and it is helpful. And, and just to kind of put it together, I guess the way that I see it is, are, are you suggesting to that the, the understanding the physical reaction to your thoughts is a way to control it in a way it's not trying to understand the physical reaction it's just observing the reaction because if you try and understand it you're in your head again okay and just by uh, by observing it you'll stay you'll you'll just observe without judgment and but what we do is we'll judge them and as we're working together i'd ask you to be able to voice what's going on to notice and as you notice things will change sometimes your thoughts will come in about them and then there'll be a thought about the X and how you, you might tense up. And then, because I kind of, I didn't go to the safety first of all, because I kind of get, I get a sense that you, you feel quite safe. You're, you're quite comfortable in this studio. You're used to it. It's a place where you're comfortable. Sure. Uh, um, so there's a sense of safety in here that you already have. Um, and in this sense of safety, we can then talk about the difficulty you have in experiencing what's going on in your body and just noticing what changes. Is it comfortable? Is it uncomfortable? Is it neutral? And 
with you at the moment, when I, when I look at you and I, I listen to your voice, I get that it can be uncomfortable, but it's, it's bearable. And that we can then, we can go a little deeper and I can let you just experience it and just see what the sensations are. Because the sensations often connect to an emotion. There might be tears. And what will start happening is there might be tingling. There might be a deeper breath, a sigh. There might be uh, shaking. Uh, there was a woman I had uh, just yesterday who was just laying on the bed and just shaking a lot. And it's again, it's the nervous system repairing itself. Um, tears, an aha moment come out. You might, might have a realization. Um, heat, oftentimes heat. And all these things happen in animals. You'll see animals shaking. You'll see an animal, you know, after it's run away from, from being attacked and it's gotten away and it knows it's gotten away, it'll continue running. Even though the, the chaser has stopped running, it'll continue. It might bounce really high. It might flap its wings as a bird does or, or bark, growl as a dog does, shake like a dog, <clears throat> uh, pant really deeply. Um, and it's a way of discharging this, this, this adrenaline. And then they just go back to the herd as if nothing happened. Because, and they've healed. Yeah, they've that. gotten, well, they, they've gotten rid of that. They kind of instantly, they've gotten rid of it. They've gotten well, let rid me, of I'd like to find, um, I, I'm kind of curious about it. My own, uh, personal experience I've had. Can I discuss that with you briefly? Sure. Yeah. Are you okay, Jeremy? <laughs> okay. He's in the, he's, he's in the thank, you. thank you. Okay. Um, but that was great. We got a sense of, and, and of course, that's such an abbreviated version of what you do. And that would just be the first few minutes of a, of a session. I mean, yes, these are like little highlights. These aren't to give us a flavor. It's thank you. Yeah. Now for myself, one of the most traumatic, I've had several, the, but one that really sticks out is um, I have Crohn's disease. It's an intestinal illness. And when I was um, 24, I found out I needed surgery. It was major surgery. And um, I went in with the idea, I was told that I was going to have um, a small portion of my intestine removed, which was traumatic, but I didn't think it was going to be as horrible as it turned out. Because uh, when I woke up out of the surgery, um, the first thing the surgeon said was, we had to give you a colostomy. A temporary. It's gone now, just to be clear. But to wake up with a colostomy is so terrifying. I'm gonna, I want to just stop you right there and just, how are you doing right now? As I'm you tell me the story. healthy. How are you doing right now as you tell me the story? Well, I noticed my hand is out. I noticed my eyes are wide open. Yes. Um, like terror. Yes. Um, I'm holding on to this desk hard. Yeah. Like uh, going to go through a ride, uh, like a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, it's warm in here, but I definitely feel hot. Yeah. Um, but my hands just locked out, like you know, my fingers spread. Because it was the worst experience, one of them, in my whole life. I've so I'm going to. Um, you've yeah. told me enough. I mean, we're doing this on air, so so. Yeah. You've told me enough already that I don't need to go further just yet. Okay. Because you're having a, a response. Your body is reliving the experience. Well, I definitely had the shrugged shoulders, I noticed. Yeah. So everything that was going on with your hands, your eyes, everything that's going on. You noticed the eyes wide open? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had the heat that was coming up and there was a tightness. Your voice changed. Your, yeah. your face actually got a, uh, uh, was an expression of, you know, deer in the headlights. There was the, yeah. Yeah. Um, Tightening in my throat, I know. So, but, but noticing it was enough. So that the trauma is no longer, you know, this happened, when did it happen? A long time ago. Yeah, but the, 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 the trauma is no longer there. The trauma is in your body. 
and you're just experiencing that. Yes. Um, so by just noticing it and bringing awareness to it, what I'd want to do is just is is, is exactly what we're doing. You don't. I don't want you to go further into it just yet. I'd want you to just notice it and notice that you can be back here. That you can take a breath. Nothing bad's happening. You can look around this this beautiful studio mm -hmm. that you know you've been here for a while. Yes. And just notice. Tell me ten things you see in the room. Well, I see you. You see me. Um, I see uh, the phone number. The phone um, number. I see What's this the black phone number. 800 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I see these curtains. You know, yep. we have curtains over the windows, the chaser lights. I see the white... The chaser lights. Um, I guess that's what they're called. I don't know. Yeah. Christmas lights, the door, the door handle. The door. We've got a monitor here, the my computer, handle. my hat. And slow down a bit. Mm, yeah. The door handle. Yeah. The monitor. Right. My what hat. Your hat. My phone, my computer, phone. my watch. This microphone. Okay, I want you to pick one of them. Hmm. Okay, I just picked that red button. The red button. I want you to describe it to me. It's shiny. It's shiny. about the size of a dime. Size of a dime. Reflects the lights in the room. Reflects the light. The fluorescence. It's a rich red, like a blood red. A rich blood red. Mm-hmm. And as you notice that... Smooth, yeah. As you notice that, what do you notice going on in your body right now? You know, I'd like to say I noticed myself relaxing, but I kind of didn't really. Okay. You know, my shoulders are still tight. Your shoulders are still tight. I do feel like I'm cooling off. Yeah. And my hands are no longer holding onto the desk. My hand is now relaxed as opposed okay. to my fingers being stretched, outstretched right. and stiff. Those are some differences. Yeah. So what we're looking at doing is just, and that breath, and there's a deeper breath, there's, there's a, a sigh, you just took a sigh, that wasn't Yeah, me. right. So these are all, so as we approach the edge of, I'll call it the trauma, um, we come back a bit and I bring you back, you know, orient to the room. It's a familiar room. You picked several items. You went to the button, described it. And what you're doing is just getting present. And in the present moment, nothing bad's happening. Right. There's no surgeon. There's no story. There's just the present moment. Right. I think the thing with Crohn's, and I'm very healthy right now, and God willing, I will be forever, but... You know, that disease, can it can come back. Like, you know, you can have mm -hmm. recurrences. Sure. So it's not like a car... I mean, you know, someone can have one car crash and never have a crash again. I mean, you could also with Crohn's, but it could come back. Mm -hmm. But so, what I'm looking at here is not... My eyes opened wide again. Yeah. <laughs> I said could it, come back. Because what, what happens, that's exactly what happens is that you'll pendulate. You'll pendulate into the trauma. There's something seductive about it. There's something magnetic about trauma that we feel it, we know it. There's something very... Um, uh, so w when I'm working with someone, I'll be watching, noticing, you know, I, I really, my senses get a lot sharper. And it's just really through training. You just listen, you watch. I feel I'm scanning myself. How am I doing at the moment? Am I bored? Am I, you know, whatever's going on, I just own it. And as I notice what's going on with you, and you notice what's going on with you, you'll pendulate. And then you'll get to a place where you feel safe enough that you'll actually discharge a bit more and relax a little bit more. And, but you'll be pulled back by the story. How does one not get pulled back by the story? 
well, in session, I, I'll stop it and I'll have you notice that that's what you're doing. And so you just become, it's planting a seed in the, you know, the first sessions, you're planting okay. a seed. It's a little complicated to get my head around a bit, you okay. know, because it sounds so simple and I know it's not. I mean, the, sim the headline would be, as one notices their symptoms as they go through the story, that helps eliminate the symptoms by the severe, by the, by just observing. That's what I'm getting out of that. Am I incorrect? There's a, there's a, a, a Buddhist meditation technique called Vipassana where you go off and uh, it's quite an amazing technique. It's a tough one. You go off for 10 days and they teach you how to meditate. Oh, I've and, heard of this. And, and uh, um, eventually you'll be meditating for 10 hours of the day. They ask you not to look anyone in the eye, not to speak to anyone. And they ask you to sit when they teach you Vipassana. They ask you to sit and not move and scan your body and just notice and you'll, and you know, the pain will come up, the itching will come up, and they ask you, don't move, and just notice your aversion to pain, and your craving for pleasure, and you'll notice that they'll they'll just change. They they, they change. That's what they do. If you can work through it, it's quite powerful stuff. In the same way, I'm sure there are ways of of of, of you know, if you, dancing, there are ways of moving. So right now I'm kind of rocking back and forward in the chair, side to side. And there's something very soothing and relaxing about doing this. Um, I'm sitting on my, on my foot and I just feel as I'm doing this, I'm really aware of my body. I've noticed my voice calm down and I'm able to really relax doing this. It just feels good doing it. And as I'm listening to you and watching you, part of this is about helping you to see yourself. You know, because our session is going to be an hour long. Um, so I'll always end it so you're feeling relaxed, so you notice that you're okay, that you're safe. And then stuff will come up during the week and I'm always available to talk to you. And then the next week we'll, we'll bring it back and we'll go deeper. But again, we're never going to re-traumatize yourself. So I'm going to encourage you whenever that awareness of the trauma comes in, whenever the story comes up, whenever the next person who wants to know about the story asks you and you start telling them, you'll notice, oh, I'm getting really activated right now. And I'm actually going to stop the story because, you know, my therapist said, hey, stop the story when it gets to this point. Because what you're doing is you're, 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 you're numbing yourself, you're reactivating yourself. Or notice also the difficulty you have in stopping the story. So the more we do this, the more self-awareness we have. The more it's also about giving ourselves permission to take care of ourselves, nurturing. Um, yeah, I wouldn't advise doing this on your own. <laughs> um, you know, I've seen a lot of people have panic attacks. Mm -hmm. And a way of stopping panic attacks is, you know, you grab someone's hand and just say their name and ask them to say your name. Just tell them your name and just say, what's my name? Can you feel me holding your hand? You bring them back into the present moment. Uh, there's an, I, I dissociate very, very easily. Um, what do you mean by you disassociate very easily? Um, I can go off into fantasy. In my, when I was a kid, I had a lot of trauma. My family came out of the, the Holocaust and uh, um, from Europe. <clears throat> and it's uh, um, a long story, but I don't have enough time for that. Uh, um, but I dissociate. It's a way of, it was a way for me to feel okay about things by just not being Cutting present. off, compartmentalizing. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, and it doesn't serve me right now. And I've got enough tools now that when I'm driving in the car and I'm dissociating, you know, I'm driving along and, you know, you're stuck in traffic on the 405 and it can be boring. And what I do now is I bring myself back. I'll literally, I'll look at the car in front of me and I'll describe exactly what I see. 
Is disassociating uh, also daydreaming? Yeah. But isn't that also like for me, sometimes daydreaming is healthy because I'm yeah. a creative and... Yeah, no, no, it can be absolutely, it can be fine, absolutely. It shouldn't stop doing that. Unless it's, unless you know that it's not what you're, uh, unless you know that it's, you're taking you away from yourself. Okay. If it can be constructive. It can also be destructive. Now we are, we're really, the, it's amazing how quick the hour has gone by. Wow. Um, the, um, if people want to know more about you and, you know, I don't, I never wanted this to sound like an infomercial cause that's not what this is. Um, this is really about learning and also about getting to know you a bit. And there's so much more we really didn't get to know about you personally, your journey. And that really, I wish we had the time for that. Um, but for people who do want to learn more about you or they did want to get in touch with you, it's um, how would they do that? Um, my uh, email is Andre, uh, A-N-D-R-E, 4300 at gmail.com. And if you wanted to leave a phone number, a uh, message for me on the phone, it's 310 310- Four zero five three three five three, and as we kind of wrap things up, you know, I, I was reading about you and that you deal with. I'm curious how addiction plays into your um, your practice because I know that you deal with addiction in your clients. Can you tell me how all of this wraps into addiction treatment? Well, I'm in recovery, and I've been in recovery for a while. Um, Can you share what? that is about i mean um or you want to leave it at just that which i totally understand yeah no i'm not going to share that on the radio <laughs> <laughs> okay but the the recovery that you're in you've have you used these treatments on yourself or Certainly, with some yeah 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 okay Absolutely. and how does that work when it comes it to it calms recovery? the nervous system down um acupuncture is very very good at calming the nervous system down helping organs uh, 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 work smoothly um uh, uh somatic experiencing is a way of uh, feeling a sense of power in oneself. So again, I, I'm going to come back to those three things. One is a feeling of uh, um, when you feel powerless, when you feel stressed, when you feel emotionally isolated. Those are all causes of, of those. Those are uh, uh, there are other causes, but those are big causes of addiction. Um, I certainly went through that, and so what I can do to counter that antidotes to those are finding things to feel powerful about, finding ways of nurturing oneself. Um, finding a, a spiritual practice. Excuse me. Um, and you find, and, yeah, go on. And finding ways to combat stress. And somatic experiencing with someone like yourself would help, obviously. I mean, that's I'm, what it sounds like. I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so yoga, you know, go out and do yoga. Go for a walk on the beach. Find things that bring you joy. I always ask all my clients, what brings you joy? Uh, um, um, and some of them have a lot of difficulty in defining it. But going for, you know, going for a walk on the beach, looking after yourself, uh, being of service to people, uh, these are all ways of, of, of engaging in life in a much bigger way and connecting to other people, really. And that's what we want to do is connect and, and share our experience and hear others know that we're not alone. Well, I want to thank you for coming here and connecting with me and helping me and experience i've had you know a, a traumatic experience and jeremy did you get something some help from that uh, yeah it was interesting it's, it's wasn't great. it yeah it was very interesting yeah. um and again it's andre zitzer and um i wish that uh, we had more time and hopefully maybe we'll have you come back you know we didn't even get into 
acupuncture. I asked him to bring his needles. <laughs> I've got my needles. <laughs> I've got all my needles. He's got them. But uh, we got so into the somatic experience, which I think is actually very helpful. I really yeah, enjoyed that. That was fascinating. And you can read a lot about it. There are a lot of very, very good practitioners all around. Um, there's a lot of very good acupuncturists who can help with really good hearts. And a lot of it is about having heart, you know, being finding people who have heart, who you identify with and who you can relate to. And, and they speak to you and, and uh, you like what they have to say. It's just a spiritual connection, not to sound all touchy-feely, but... I no, th- it's not even just the spiritual connection. You know, if you like the, the, the way the person smells, if you like what they look like, you know, it's just the connection. If you have a connection with someone, go with them. You know, if, if they speak words that you relate to, go with them, yeah. Well, thank you again. And thank you so much for yeah, having me. I, I loved really having you. It. it was really fun and very interesting. And uh, I want to thank you also for listening. Right here again, I'm Vic Cohen, and you've been listening to Vic Cohen's It's a Fair Question. It is a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question.